0: Okay, I've hit record. So, you, you did? Go. Yeah. Why? Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing?
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm doing great. Yeah. Okay. So, I know Ashley just woke up. Oh, yeah, I just woke up. If you guys could see this, Ashley's actually in bed. I so, am. She's very bed. comfy. Yeah.
2: Well, awesome. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Hot Isle. My name is Brent Piotti.
0: And my name is Brian Carpenter. Speaking of forgetting names, I almost forgot mine. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, right?
2: You don't use it as much as you think, right? No. It's kind of like, what's your phone number? Uh, I don't call myself all that often. But anyway, we digress. So today, guys, look, the goal of the show is to to educate you on the role in the rise of the developer advocate, and then also how you can get started learning code. And so with us today is, is, is a uh, very esteemed guest that uh, you probably have heard of. She's been on many other podcasts before. But her name is Ashley McNamara. So, good morning, Ashley. How are you doing this morning?
1: Good morning. It's early. It's ten.
0: <laughs> Spoken like a true developer. Yeah, as, as she hits that coffee, it's awesome though. Your your coffee cup's <laughs> making me jealous. If I I feel like I need to yell out like, "Ma, coffee!" Yes. so that my wife will deliver me some. But uh, <laughs> as great. you as you fling nun, nunchucks around, yes, you know that's what it's like. It's like living with your mom, only if she's somebody else's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so Ashley, thanks for joining us this morning.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And, um, you know, we you, when we talk about some things, so Ashley, you work for Object Rocket, which is, you work for Object Rocket or Rackspace, or is that two different things, or how does that work out?
1: Yeah, So, they are one in the, okay, um, Object Rocket is basically a database as a service platform. Um they were acquired by Rackspace in 2012. We still remain our own startup, but we are a Rackspace acquisition.
0: So you're part of the Rackspace Federation.
1: I am part yeah. of the all about, Federation. We know all about
0: federations. We invented the federation. Um, and then, you know, like Google copied us with this Alphabet Federation. Alphabet, yeah. Um oh, Rackspace, Alphabet. Yeah, Rackspace, you know, they've got their federation. Federations are the new thing. You know, it's like it's, a, it's your club of cool people. Mm-hmm. So we like that. So, it would be a whole uh, lot cooler if you did. And what all, What all, so you said it was an uh, object, object rocket was an acquisition rocket. What all uh, do you guys offer to people as far as services and things like that?
1: So everything at Rackspace is managed, as you know. Um, same thing with object rocket. So we manage everything from scaling, updating, replicating your data. So all you need to do is focus on your business Is the uh, marketing pitch. uh, And that's basically what we do. So um, started out as managed MongoDB and we went to Redis and Elasticsearch and we have managed big data, um, we have managed... It's all managed. Um, MongoDB is super easy. So some people are like, why do we need to manage MongoDB? That's silly. Um, But when you're growing and scaling, that's what becomes hard. That's where we come in. So you don't have to get up at 3 a.m. to check on shit. We're there to do it for you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> there awesome. went the PG rating. Yeah, there every time, That's just...
0: all it takes. It's like uh, military people and Ashley to r- ruin <laughs> the PG rating. That's okay. We like the well, word.
2: No, it's funny because you know I, I've been I've been checking out your blog, Ashley, and uh, definitely you have an affinity for um, a, you know the the broader English vernacular.
0: Uh, so definitely, I, I'm I'm happy for that.
2: Uh-oh. I can
0: use it. uh Oh, we have a little technical difficulty. We do. We do. Did Cat yeah. Benatar ruin your audio? She
1: did. She did. She wanted to be a part of the podcast. I don't it's no respect. You know? So sorry I sound far away. I think my headphones uh crapped out.
0: Okay. We'll we'll no. get this all worked out. You sound pretty good to us right now. If you just if Kat Benatar doesn't get between you and a microphone, we should be good.
1: <laughs> no so, promises.
0: So where were we? where were we, Brett? Well, I, you know, so we're talking about Mongo,
2: Redis, um, So um, when, I, when I went and checked out Object Rocket, are you guys offering um, kind of like a hardened version of the product, or is it just as, you know, managed as a service?
1: Um, I mean, we have dedicated, um, we have purpose-built hardware, so yeah, it's sort of a hardened version, but it's okay. basically managed.
2: But the code is not, not different, right? It's not taking like, um, you know, a, nope. a Linux distro and, and m- making your own and like kind of selling the as a service.
0: Nope. So you've okay. been you've been with them for roughly a year and a half. It sounds like because that, that's where you're looking. We do a lot of stalking of people. It's it's even worse when it's of a girl. Um, and so you know about a year and a half. What you know what led them to create this position? What led you to this position? Uh, how does a developer advocate? It's kind of a new thing to us, right? It's kind of new, even uh, slightly new to the industry, as far as I can tell. So what what led them to that?
1: Yeah. So um, I had, I mean, I, I've been at conferences for the last like f- 15 years. I've um, been in the industry for a really long time. I haven't been necessarily working in the industry for a long time, but my dad um, built all the networks for NATO. So um, since I was a kid, right. I've been building computers. Um, so I, I knew a lot of people, and in meeting people, I met uh, Scott Sanchez and Nikki Acosta. Um, they were rackers. Now they work at Metacloud. Um, And they've been trying to recruit me at Rackspace for the longest time. And I kept saying, no, I don't really want to move to Texas. Sounds awful. And finally, uh, Nikki came to me and said, hey, we have this object rocket thing. We think that you might be a good fit. And he said, I don't know shit about databases. And she's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm like, all right, cool. So um, they hired me. And they hired me because MongoDB has a very solid community. And so they wanted somebody at Object Rocket that could foster that as well. And so the founders already knew the value of that. So they hired me on, um, on Nikki's recommendation, I would say, because they didn't know who I was before that. Um, and luckily for them, it's, it's worked out. It's not been a shit show. So.
0: <laughs> and and that's, you know, that's actually really important. You, you bring up yet another thing that we kind of harp on all the time to people. I'm not sure how many times we've done it on a podcast. Um, your, your social presence, your relationships in the community, 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 I I could spell it, say it, whatever. It's all the same thing. I mean, it was your personal resume of who you were that got you the job. You hire for personality and then train the rest. Uh, Do you agree with that?
1: Uh, yeah, I super agree with that. Um, I mean, Nikki and Scott knew that I was fairly technical, but they knew me because I would go to the rack space booth and heckle the rackers at the booth. It's just what I do. Um, so it was all personality driven on all relationship driven that way.
0: I don't necessarily advise everybody to go start heckling people. Um, but you know, it, again, get out there and get to know people. Uh, I was just talking to somebody this week, uh, you know, about their, so, their, their social presence. And I was like, you're going to have to put something out there. Even if you don't like it, you got to put yourself out there and just kind of get used to it. Um, Because it helps. And again, your resume now, we were actually just talking the other day about fraternities, right? Like I think the fraternity and and social type structures in college are even becoming less and less popular because it used to be a social network to help you get jobs and things like that. And now the social network is something that everybody can, can access. And you can make friends inside of your, your college just by putting out there, Hey, you know, I'm into whatever, you know, I've I've read the Phoenix project 92 times. There's going to be some other weirdo at your college. Who's also done it. Um, Although I, I only said that because it's in front of me, not no plug for Gene. <laughs> Although Gene, if you get on here, I will plug for you. Um, so, anyways, I, you know, it's it's kind of important. The community is great, and I'm glad that the community got you to where you are. Uh, it doesn't hurt that you have seven thousand Twitter followers, which really intimidates me. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez,
2: and not only that, I mean, what do you have like seventeen thousand tweets or something like that? I don't even know. Let's see. I'll look. It. It's I'll most- look. 17.6
0: thousand I'm, I'm i'm on it live folks way to step all over brent what were you saying what were you saying ashley
1: <laughs> i said it's mostly just me heckling joe honestly yeah you well, guys don't i uh, don't don't bother he's he's an idiot uh.
0: <laughs> well i actually got told you i think uh, uh andy banta called me out in a tweet with joe when i was complaining about american airlines and when you get dragged into a tweet <laughs> with joe uh, I feel like I I completely did something wrong and I've corrected my my, my own actions. I'll never do that again.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he's fine. He's harmless, really.
0: So anyways, uh, go ahead and, um, you know, Brent, why don't you kick off this uh, this week in tech history, you little nerd. What's yeah. going, what happened this week in tech history?
2: Yeah, very good. So July 17th, 1944, a company called Royal Phillips Electronics manufactured the world's first compact disc. And this CD was uh, a, an album by ABBA called The Visitors. I've never heard of it. Um, but I guess my question for you, Ashley, is what was the last CD or music or software, something on physical media that you bought? On
1: physical media?
2: Physical media.
1: Oh, damn. Um, I I burned a lot of movies.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-oh, <laughs> um, awkward. That's for backup, right? That's for backups. Exactly. For backup
1: purposes only.
0: Right. Okay. Maybe. So, and this is yeah. this is the problem, Brent. Nobody buys CDs anymore unless they're nostalgic. Like I buy all the Nine Inch Nails CDs. They're still in the Saran wrap, and I put them on a shelf in my in my collection. But I don't. Well, know, but then I just go download. I go download the album so that I can actually use it. I gave you the out. Right for music or software, uh-huh. right? So for me,
2: um, I bought a video game at Target, right? Now all they sell is is physical media there. But I bought what the hell did I buy? Um, um I bought oh my god, yeah, I this like is it embarrassing. There. No, um, StarCraft two, StarCraft, I bought Starcraft 2. two, yeah. All
1: right, the other day I got Wolfenstein, so yes. awesome. there we go.
0: The is it the new one or the original? Because the original yeah, will probably fit on it'll fit on your phone.
1: The the original's cool, uh, but no, it's the new one. That's okay. awesome.
0: So this week in tech history is boring. I can tell you that much this week. I mean, because CDs, they're pretty much dead. Uh, although I got in a debate the other day with a 14-year-old where she went and bought the Taylor Swift album. And she actually, I was asking her because I said... I'm I'm outing myself. It's okay. I was like, I, all the songs that are on the radio, I like them. And so I went to iTunes and just bought the whole album thinking that the other songs would be acceptable. And what it turns out is the only songs that are good are the ones that are actually already on the radio. And all the rest of them are complete crap. And I was like, what? I, I, do you like anything that's not on there? And she's like, I like this one song. So I scroll through my phone. I'm like, I don't have that song. And she's like, yeah, I bought this limited edition one from Target. And so I have like... Seven extra songs, and I'm like, "You mean I had to go buy a CD to go get the good songs? Like I had to go, I had to go, go physically go to a store and buy something to get the good songs? I'm out. I don't. Yeah. Want to well,
1: your first issue is that you got into an argument with the 14 year old. That's an argument you will never win.
0: Right. No. So, it, I, it's been proven that I'm not smarter than a fifth grader or anything above that. Not even a third yeah. grader. I was <laughs> talking to Dave Nicholson on Facebook the other day, and his sons learning Common Core, and he asked a question. And he had he had me lost at the first two words of the question. I was like, I'm out. Describe for me. I'm out. You know, it's, I can't do any common core, and if, if my kids are going to fail because of me, so. Uh, and speaking of kids, you have like the smartest and cutest kid there ever were. So you know, we're going to talk about him a little later because I. I he, man, every time I see him, he's doing something. He's got better toys than I do. He looks smarter than I'll ever be. And uh, I'm a little jealous. So, you know, I hope, I hope my kids grow up to be just as, just as good of a nerd as he looks like he is.
1: Yeah, I'll have to tell a story later about how he shut down the office last night.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah, we definitely Ooh. will get to that. So, you know, we've, we've talked about your your role as a developer advocate. Do you feel like, like so before that got created for Object Rocket, how, how long in the industry has this role been around? Is it, it seems relatively new to me.
1: I would say that the term developer advocate is new. Um, there's debate on whether evangelist and advocate are they two completely separate things. Um, I think it's just people changing their title. Um, I think it's been in the industry for a long time. Microsoft has had evangelists forever. Um, but I guess advocacy in particular is sort of new.
0: So... so- and, and what what is it you think is the need for the advocate role? Um, what what role does that play in Object Rocket? Is it a I mean is it is it really a sales role or is it like what is it a What does it do for for Object Rocket or for any business?
1: So I am a software developer. Um, I know when a platform isn't easy to use and how. I can improve it. You need to know the craft and respect your peers before anything else. Um, I think a lot of times when people are developing things, they forget about the people who are using it, right? So my job is to go out there and talk to developers and get that feedback. So I'm a bridge between our developers and third-party developers. So whether I'm creating software, or helping people develop their apps, or helping make our products better and constantly out there talking to developers and getting their feedback and advocating for them. So So that's what I do for Objects Rocket. And I think I like to think that's what other people do at other companies, but I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, EMC has, has developer advocates as well. And we, we had one of them on the show. Um, and I, and I think it's uh, a common theme, um, bridging the bridging those gaps. Um, but apart from like the actual vendors, do do developer advocates serve a purpose within an enterprise, right, that's not necessarily selling something?
1: Um, there's real debate on that. Um, every what? week I have to answer the question, what's the ROI on your job? Um, the answer is that it's hard to measure it, and some people don't like the answer to that question. So um, I think that there's a purpose, but it depends on who. Who you ask? Um, is yeah, we'll go with that.
0: At least they're still asking you what the ROI is instead of just deciding it.
1: Yeah. So you guys had uh, Jonas on, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Such a handsome man. Love me man. some Jonas. I do so too.
1: handsome. So yeah. European.
2: Oh, just yeah. He's a he's like the Abercrombie version of like all Swedish people. Like, I'm my roommate in college was Swedish. And Jesus, I mean, just like he had the 20 pack and just was girls flocking him, blonde hair. It was, it yeah. was
1: disgusting. It is pretty disgusting. Oh, Jonas. Yes.
0: So there are, there are two different types of unicorns in uh, IT today. One of them is the overly handsome Swedish uh, nerd, which is, you know, that that's where Jonas falls in. Like the, the so ridiculously handsome that you melt when you look at him. Uh, and then there's the, yeah. and then, you know, there. this is one of the reasons why we want to talk to you. There's also the, the girl in IT, we call it a unicorn kind of, you know, it's, it's rare, right? You don't see it very often. Uh, And obviously there's a lot of people out there uh, and it's getting more and more prevalent where people are trying to really help with this, embrace it. Uh, And so it's extremely exciting to have somebody like you out there advocating, not just for developers, but girl developers. So, you, you know, that's it. I mean, you, you have a, you have a role that you didn't even really sign on for just because you were born a girl, which is, to be out there as a as a, a girl in IT and trying to show everybody else that it can be done and that it's that it's important. Um, so tell me how tell me you know how
1: do you feel about that? Um, I get asked that question a lot, actually. Um, I am more of a a, of a dude in personality than I am a girl. Um, so I don't find being in this industry difficult. I see lots of women. I see lots of women in power positions. Um, look at Sony Giordani, for example. Um, I just I don't think I think it's an issue, right? But I don't think it's as big an issue. I I think that as long as you work hard and prove yourself, um, you'll advance. So yeah, and- I have no issues. I've not had any issues being a lady in tech at all.
0: And, and, and it, I, I do agree that it's getting better. Um, you know, Brent and I, we have our management train is our first line manager is a male. Our next line manager is a female. Next one above yes. that is another male. And then our, our North America manager is a female. Uh, and yeah. we think it's fantastic from a, you know, a perspective and things like that. We like all those kind of things. Um, but really, you know, it's diversity is important because the, the opinions tend to be different and the thoughts tend to be different. And so therefore it yes. can, it can better your product. Uh, and one of the biggest types of diversity is simply gender diversity. Uh, you know, so, right. and so that's where we try to push these kinds of things. So like we were just like, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a hashtag. I look like an engineer. And yep. um, you know, Brent and I both ha- are ugly, fat, and have beards, and we look like an engineer. We look like mm-hmm. one. We definitely look like an engineer. But you also look like an engineer. So, what did you think of that hashtag? Did you? I didn't. I didn't look because I can't follow your tweets. There's too many. So, did you? Did you participate?
1: <laughs> I did participate. Yep. Yeah. Um, I hesitated for a bit, um, just because I think it. I think it should be about the work that you do, not about your gender, not it it needs to be about the quality of your work, and that's that. So I hesitated, but I ended up participating because it's not just about women. It's about anyone who wants to pursue STEM regardless of their appearance, right? Labeling it as a campaign for women is limiting, um, but mostly women participate, and that's because the lady who started it, um, she was on a billboard, and there was some talk like, hey, why are you guys hiring models for this? And she's not a model. She's a software engineer. So that's how it started. Um, but it's for everyone. So that's why I participated. And it's a good cause. So check it out. Uh, Rackspace recently held, um, held an event in the in San Francisco offices around this as well.
0: And what was that event?
1: Uh, it was a panel. We had people from Google. We had people from Slack. And uh, so we had a a bunch of media there and they interviewed the panel.
0: So in in speaking of STEM, if we back up, you said that uh, STEM is important. We actually, at EMC, uh, recently actually did a, you know, EMC STEM kind of reach out program that was uh, part of, that Scott Peiser brought and kind of brought it to the field and said, hey, engineering, let's go do something and reach out. And we ended up going into schools. Uh, In my case, we went up into a seventh grade. And we did a project around big data and analytics. And it's the idea of starting somewhere, showing a regular result, and then showing what uh, analytics and computers can do to change the effective result and the outcome uh, and how you perceive your outcome. And it was a lot of fun. You know, the goal was to engage the kids. We talked a little bit about the fact that big data is also social media and that yeah. what, you, what you put out there, the internet never forgets. Uh, and that, you know, their resume of getting into college and their resume for their first job includes the pictures they put on Instagram when they were 14. Yep. Um, and so we talked a little bit about that, which we, you know, was really important to talk about. But it was so exciting to talk to those kids about data. They were talking to, they were like, what job do you want to be? I want to be a marine biologist. And I'm like, what do you think big data plays in that? I'm like, they have no idea. And I'm like, well, what if I told you we're literally tracking the movements of so many different fish right now with computers? So that we can tell where they where they where they move to, so that we can help conserve them. So you have a job as a marine biologist. Uh, so I love the STEM stuff. The you know what science. I'm not even smart enough to actually break the acronym out, but I think it's science, technology, engineering, and math. Yep, that's um, what it is. And so, and I have a feeling that you probably do a lot of that with your kids. Uh, my kids need it better. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of it. Uh, and I you know the. i look like an engineer thing i think it'd be really cool if it picked up with the kids right where like you said it's where everybody we're like a little kid in a classroom who's afraid to speak up still feels like they look like an engineer uh and that is the one thing i learned from it so i can't i can't thank scott enough for making me get out of my comfort zone and go do it it was a it was a blast uh anyways thanks scott
1: yeah another um do you know uh Beaker, uh, Chris Hoff, on Twitter.
0: Yes, I do. The Hoffacino is something mm-hmm. that got me through yes. a couple of late nights. So, yeah, I do know.
1: Yeah, he does uh, Hack Kid Con. Yeah. And I did um, did a, an intro to Python class at that. And uh, Colin ended up doing a 3D printing class. So there's lots of, like, uh, STEM camps um, and hackathons for kids. Really cool. I actually uh, have a bunch of resources uh for that kind of
0: stuff so maybe what we'll do is outside of the podcast i'm gonna i'm gonna dig into a little bit of this and ask for some of those resources yeah Uh, we'll document them up and uh, put them on our various blogs uh and then get you know kind of remind people about that i think it's you know it's a really neat thing to do and i saw you know Hoff was i think he was giving raspberry pies into this thing or got a bunch of sponsors and things I wanted to. I wanted to be one of the kids. Those kids had a better event than I've ever been to. Yeah, uh, I, did. I, I frankly I need to be treated like a seventh grader as far as development and <laughs> hacking and stuff like that because I have zero skills. Uh, you know, I'm lucky I could turn the mic on. So, uh, you know, I wanted to be treated like them. I want to go to those things, and I'm a little jealous of when my kids get to go to like the the Lego Brickathon class. Yeah. I'm like, you know that's for me. It's not for them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Truth well, be told, when I was start when I started to learn how to code i was reading kids books they're great
2: (laughs) that's genius yeah i think there are there's some applications out there i was was talking to one of a colleague and they're like yeah i've got this this app that kind of teaches the mind how to think like you're like you're developing and uh i I don't remember the name of it but i know that it's out there and those things are cool and i definitely am going to get my daughter involved in that because i think this is an awesome space um and and if you if you follow kind of this space, which I hope our most of our our uh, listeners do, but uh, you know the new kingmakers, right? Developers are creating waves and are the people moving and driving uh, the industry.
0: Yeah, and the king, yeah, the kingmaker of my house is six. So yeah, there. I mean, you, you might as well go ahead and develop their future. I know who's <laughs> in charge right now.
1: Yeah, at six uh, Topher was building uh, Minecraft servers with uh, Raspberry Pis.
2: Oh my God, yeah. that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, hey, I want to make a bit of a stretch here. So we're talking about big data analytics, right? Uh, that world is very much uh, open source, right? So if you think of things like Apache Hadoop, Spark, uh, you name it, um, it's open source. And, and from my understanding, actually, you have contributed to the open source community. So talk to me a bit about what you've done uh, in that space and um, you know what's probably been the most fulfilling contribution.
1: Yeah, embarrassingly enough, um, I haven't contributed as much as I would like to uh, these days. Back, when, uh, back in 2012-ish, um, I went to OpenStack Summit in Hong Kong. And while I was there, I started uh, contributing to documentation. It's the easiest thing you can contribute to. From there, I was learning to code, and so I was really uh, getting into Django. And they had uh, Horizon. And so I was like, well, let me hack on that. And so I have a bunch of stuff just uh, sitting in my Dropbox because I am too afraid to push it into GitHub. It's, it's, too, it's too late now. Um, but you're shaking your head at me, Brian. Yeah, I'm, call, I'm <laughs> yeah. calling
0: you out for being afraid. Yeah. I, you know, yes. Again, you we, we all, we, we all start somewhere. So you, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to remind everybody else, don't be afraid.
1: Yeah, so I, I contributed uh, some documentation to OpenStack, and then um, Diane Mueller from uh, OpenShift was really helpful. Um, I went to a hackathon. I think it was, uh, obviously, it was a Red Hat-sponsored hackathon. I can't remember which conference it was at, but I went to a hackathon, and Diane was there. I've known Diane for years, and she was like, you need to contribute. You need to contribute. So I contributed some front-end stuff for OpenShift, uh, but the last uh, since I started at object rocket I haven't had nearly enough time to to contribute to open source as I would like
2: okay and so um, you know I think I think we kind of get a, a general understanding of what you've contributed to but um, are you are you looking forward to doing something specific is there is there another project out there that you you're really uh, looking forward to intending to do um, and it's something that's going to be fulfilling for you
1: Um, I've been really, really interested in Spark lately. Um, it's, it's really, really cool stuff. So I've attended a couple of workshops by Databricks. Uh, they're, they're awesome. I, uh, sorry, Rackspace and Object Rocket for not giving you guys a plug. Uh, (laughs) but Databricks has been doing some really cool stuff and they've been out there teaching people how to use Spark. So I've done a couple of their workshops and I'm, hoping I can build a couple applications around that, maybe sentiment analysis. I don't know. I find that stuff really interesting. Uh, natural language processing. I also find that super interesting. So I'm hoping that I can uh, pick some of that stuff up soon.
0: Very cool. And so the um, when it comes to all this kind of stuff, right, the the contrib- contributions and things like that, do you have a pet contribution that you all, you've already done, like your favorite, the one that you're like, I did that. Check that out.
1: No, no, dude, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't. Not yet on the on the books
0: wait and see. Yeah. I, mine would be if I went to somebody's project and changed anything where they like grammar, you know, I would just do the grammar, <laughs> grammar, Nazi, thing. like I'd be in there. I was trying to say police instead of Nazi. Thanks, Brent. So, um, you know, like just go through and just pick it apart. Any, your change it to you are, and you know, anything like, you know, fix the commas and the apostrophes. It's uh it's my favorite pastime. So, um, you know, see,
1: I didn't even account for that. I was just thinking of like real code contributions. No, no, no. no. I'm all for for that yeah um, well you know somebody us. has to start
0: somewhere and I'm not I, I don't code so I can fix me some markdown now you know I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll PR your markdown all day long because that's all I can do so <laughs> you know don't laugh at me I'm sensitive this is not nice this is not how you this is not how you bring people in you know yeah. So, uh, this is not the
1: definition of community, right no, now.
0: <laughs> this is the opposite, right now, Ashley. Um, so, you know what? It, what is you? You said you did. You said something that sounded like Jenga to me. I think it was Django instead. Yeah, it was Django. Yeah, and you you did some Python where you were teaching kids Python. Is yeah. there a? Is there? Where's your, what's your default language? Right, like English is Python. your first. Python's it. What's What's yeah. after that?
1: Um, I know a bunch of front end. Um, I. I don't count. Oh, please don't hate me, front-end developers. I don't count it as software development. Um, so I would say Python.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're making friends today. That's what we're doing. That's awesome. Sorry, hey, we're we're gonna we're
2: gonna take that uh, advocate moniker away from you. That's that they're they're stripping that <laughs> of you. The front-end guys. Yeah.
1: And the front-end guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so so speaking of languages. Um, you know, Brian and I are definitely uh, not completely up to speed on on everything in the in the development world, but we keep hearing all these things that sound like Klingon to us, like Scrum and Agile and Waterfall <laughs> and DevOps, right? Can Can uh, you please interpret some of those things for us? Like, what in the world? What in the world are they, and and why do we care about all these different Klingon words?
1: Um. Buzzwords mostly. Um, What's the next thing that can make us more productive? Maybe it's stand-ups in the morning. Maybe it's development and operations working together. Maybe it's just the next buzzword. I I really do think it's, we all want to get better at what we do, right? So what can we mash up to make us better at what we do?
0: But you did, I mean, you did say it was, I mean, it is about efficiencies though, right? Like developers and operations working together, efficiencies there, right? Um, Yep some of the things that are inside of uh, i guess it's i don't know if that's agile or scrum but like a stand up one of the things i have learned about it is you go tell somebody when they're holding you up you're like you're my yeah. blo- you're my blocker today you're
1: my blocker today the only
0: blocker i know of is in football but you know it was interesting you know it's <laughs> like uh, you know you're you're keeping me from accomplishing a task and i'm telling you about it and then let's go that's yeah. it that's pretty efficient. I had a lot of blockers in college <laughs>
1: I can tell. I mean, look at you.
0: <laughs> that was an that was an intentional layout, Brent, because that was inappropriate. Um, so, and you know, so uh, all of these things. What is what does what's the benefit from a business operations perspective of you know waterfall development? And is is that even relevant given how many other things have have come since then?
1: I, you're asking the the wrong person. Um, you're asking the wrong person on that. To be honest. Okay.
0: Yeah. We, we're good at stumping people with asking dumb yeah, questions.
1: Yeah, yeah. We do that. <laughs> it's not a dumb question. <laughs> well,
2: I think here, here's something I think that uh, I think we, we all can identify with and, and you can help us with. But this world is evolving very quickly. Uh, it's changing every day. How do you stay on top of the latest trends, especially in your community? Are there websites, trade rags? Um, you talked about Twitter, definitely not Flipboard. Um, but you know, how do you educate yourself and stay on top of everything?
1: uh Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I get all of my news and information from Twitter. Um, Reddit also a very good resource. Um, TechCrunch sometimes. Um, at Twitter mostly though, talking to developers, I'm constantly learning something new by talking to developers just every day where conferences or hackathons or meetups. every day I'm learning something new. So if I hear a word that I don't know, I'm going to go Google it, and learn about it.
2: Okay. And, and well, so speaking of words, yeah, speaking of words that, that you don't know, um, and maybe you're getting better at, but what are what's probably one of the, the, the coolest technologies that's got you jazzed, whether it's been in the last, last week, last few months, you talked about Spark, but is, is that it? Or is there something else that's really got you, like, I want to figure this out, uh, Mesosphere, whatever, like... Go.
0: Go? What is that? Go. I don't know what it is.
1: It's a programming language.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think uh, actually, I think I've seen Nick Weaver mention that is. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think he put up a whiteboard picture one time about go, and I had to go like you said, go Google it and figure out what it was. I still yeah. don't know what it is. I just know that Nick Weaver knows it.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, it's Golang, and they have a they have a really cute mascot. It's a gopher. It's really adorable. Uh, That's the first thing that got me. I'm a sucker for stickers. So <laughs> and I'm a girl. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, go is being used more and more these days, and it's a pretty powerful programming language, so I'm hoping I can dive into that. I did a Go workshop at OzCon that was really great, so I'm hoping to get more into that.
2: Do you think is, is Go good for everything, or does it have a specific use case?
1: Um, it's good for most things. Um, I'm still super new to it.
0: So, and that, I guess let's just talk about being new to it, right? Like Brent and I uh, have done, you know, we're, as we talk to people, right? We talk to Jonas, Jonas will say something and I have no idea what he's talking about. We talk to Matt Calger, uh, We talk about databases. We have no idea what we're talking about. We're learning along with a lot of other people about this whole shift into development and how development is impacting business, right? So, but we want to go learn. And I've talked about, hey, go learn Python, go to use all these things like Codecademy and all that kind of stuff. I hate
1: Code Academy.
0: Why do you hate it? Tell us. Have an opinion here.
1: (laughs) Everything is integrated. I think it's really great for kids. Um, I also have an 18-year-old. In order for her to get her license, she needed to show me Mastery of Python. And show me Mastery of Python, she just had to build a simple application and put it on a GitHub, something that worked. Um, She never did that. But she started out with uh, Code Academy. And as soon as she had to go to the command line, she was completely lost. So I suggest doing learn command line the hard way and then doing learn Python the hard way.
0: Okay. Because um, you felt like it was just a little bit too easy. And again, I told you, remember, I have to learn like a third grader. So Codecademy is great for me, but maybe <laughs> not somebody who's definitely like full on serious about being, you know, like getting it the yeah, hard
1: way. Yeah, go, I guess go ahead and start there for basic concepts. But once you have to go build something, you're going to be like, what the hell am I even doing?
0: And, and so, where did you like? Where did you start? Did you start with, uh, you know, learn learn something the hard way, or what? Like, what got you th- your start, your full on start into this thing?
1: So, uh, for ten years, I ran a photography business, and I found out that my target market was not uh, photography clients, but um, actual photographers. So it sort of changed my business model. Um, I started building Photoshop Actions and Lightroom presets and plugins. And there's a behind the plugins, there's a certain amount of coding that you have to do. Um, but I also needed a website. So I built a website. Then I was like, why can't people find my website? So I needed to learn SEO. Um, and I'm like, how do I run a business? So I needed to learn how to run a business. So I was already starting uh, to learn to code through that. And... I was going to these, photor- or these uh, not photography conferences, but uh, technical conferences, and I was talking to people. And I'm like, great, I'm just standing here smiling and look like an idiot. Um, I'm better than this. So l- let me figure out what this is all about. Uh, and so then I started to learn Python. And I started out on um, Code Academy, and I was like, this is useless. And so then I did some research. And I was like, okay, learn Python the hard way. And as I was doing learn Python the hard way, uh, I had some questions, so I emailed Zed Shaw, the author of Learn Python the Hard Way, and he was like, yeah, actually, I live in San Francisco, why don't you just come over, I can teach you, and I was like, are you kidding me, of course, I'll be right there, so I ended up at Zed Shaw's house on the weekends learning Python, and he is a brilliant teacher, um, I would—I was also in a boot camp at the time, which, um, again, is not something that I recommend if you have listened to me on any other podcast where I've talked about this, I do not recommend boot camps, um, but I would learn more in a weekend from Zed Shaw than I would at this boot camp all week. Um, it was it was pretty incredible. so oh,
2: that's the redacted Academy. I love that place
1: that's the redacted, yeah redacted academy.
0: <laughs> Why to make it awkward, Brent? Let's go ahead. So there's an elephant in a room and Brent just shot it. you know its <laughs> name is not Cecil everything's good so, um, so so you you got through um you 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 did a little bit of learn Python the hard way, and then you learn Python the easy way by meeting the guy who wrote the book in San Francisco. So rule number one is move to San Francisco and meet all the smart people. That's right. Again, you see here, community, right? She reached out to an owner, basically a guy who's created a ton of content, said, hey, I'd like to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, come to my house. You can cook, you know, I'll cook you dinner and teach you Python. You know, that's amazing stuff. Uh, Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah,
1: community is a big part of it. I also asked a bunch of people I knew. Um, Dave, Dave McCrory, um, CTO of React, Basho. Um, I asked him if he would mentor me, and he was like, absolutely. So I'd go hang out at the Basho offices, and and he would teach me as well. So um, don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: I know another really handsome developer advocate over at Basho. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, do. <laughs> I uh, I'm in love with that person, too. And so hopefully I one of these too. yeah one of these days he'll be on here as well he's been we gotta we gotta try to spread out our developer advocates because y'all are so cool it'll keep people hooked in between when we accidentally you know bring on like fred nicks or something
1: <laughs> yeah oh uh, fred nick that guy's hilarious
0: yeah he was here last week he
1: loves- was he yes what what's going on with uh between two clouds huh
0: yeah uh well you know he's uh he's he's real busy i think if you look at his facebook status updates. I think that his current status update is keeping him a little busy. And so he may not have time to focus on all the fun stuff that he does. Yeah. I think, you know, it's one of those things. You you update your Facebook status and all of a sudden you're not nearly as funny as you used to be.
1: (laughs) Poor Fred Nix.
0: Poor Fred Nix. We love you, Fred. I hope you're not listening. So, uh, you know, one of the things you also uh, recently interviewed... Um, Redis, what, what should I say? Creator. Uh, yeah. Is, and I'm going to ruin this name, Salvatore Sanfilippo. Filippo. Filippo. Yeah. How, how'd I do?
1: You did. You did just fine. Yes. You did just fine. Take
0: the butcher knife away from him. Though. Yeah. So, uh, you know, tell me, tell me about that. Tell me your involvement with Redis. Your involvement with Redis. You know, the way I know that word is from Matt, uh, and I actually used yeah. it one time in a project on Cloud Foundry. So, you know, tell me, tell me your involvement there.
1: Yeah, so um, Rackspace acquired Redis2Go, which is another um, Redis project. And in the acquisition, um, redis to go was running a Redis conference. So uh, I put together a Redis conference in San Francisco last year, and uh, Salvatore was one of the uh, keynote speakers. And so I wanted to interview all of the speakers. The conference went really well. Salvatore is now at uh, Redis Labs, which is a competitor of Object Rocket, uh, because we also offer a Redis solution, but we are really good friends with the Redis Labs guys. They are super cool. Um, But Salvatore was kind enough to give me some of his time for that interview.
2: No, it was funny. I read part of it, and the guy's like, look, I I want Redis to, to go away. Basically, he's like, I want yeah. something better to come on behind it. Because, frankly, uh, uh, I'm getting, you know, I, I don't want to get bored. So I want the ne- the next thing that's going to crush this. I love this project. But, yeah, give me something better, which is kind of a yeah, inter- surprised really by cool. That answer. It's his yeah. baby, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's his baby. I was surprised at, by that answer, but I was also inspired by it. I'm like, yeah, let's build something new. So, yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy.
0: And and that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Uh, it's like uh, go build something great, and then uh, this is somebody else's problem. Now I am going to go build something great again. Some people are only inspired by building as compared to operating, uh, and it you know sometimes takes two different personalities. Um, you'll see that shift a lot in just you know businesses as they go through like incubation period. They'll have a an, an entrepreneur that brings it up, and then. They, they they kind of stall out and have no idea what to do. So they have to put a figurehead CEO above the business to actually run it as a business and go make a profit out of it. Cause it's still yeah. a genius idea, but that genius stinks at running a business. Yep. So, uh, is there, what's, what's next for what's, I mean, give us some secrets here. You know, we, we normally, we trade secrets for sushi. Uh, we invented that. So like, give us some secrets about object rocket. What's coming for you guys, what are you doing? What are you planning on? Um, you know, are you going to make some more meetups or are you guys adding new products? What's going on? What's, what's going on with you guys? All
1: right. I mean, our latest product, uh, Elasticsearch just came out. If you want to try it, hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you some free access, uh, and, and trade for some, uh, blog posts, if you would. Um, you know, we don't have anything that I can talk about coming down the pipe. Rackspace just announced support for uh, AWS, so that would be that's an exciting leap. Um, instead of competing with AWS, we're just going to support it, which is a smart move, I think.
2: So talk, talk to me about what, the, what it means to support them.
1: So uh, Rackspace in general is about fanatical support. So we have engineers, certified engineers on staff, so I... I don't know exactly how many um, people we've certified in, uh, in AWS so far, but I know that it's a lot. So you're not just getting general support folks, you're getting engineers on the phone 24-7. I think we have 200 Microsoft professionals, we have 160 or so uh, Cisco professionals, 160 Red Hat certified professionals. So we take that shit real serious. Um, and same thing with Amazon. So it's not, um, we announced it. We don't have it live just yet, but stay tuned for it.
0: And another thing you guys take really, really serious is a little bit of EMC. I heard a, yeah. story, that, I heard a story, you guys deploy a VNX a day. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy awesome. I mean, on average, I'm sure you deploy multiple VNXs in one day, but on average, what I've heard is that you guys do deploy literally a VNX a day.
1: You know i'll have to get back to you with that number um i'm not 100 percent on that but that i'm not i'm not surprised by that
0: i think it's i think it's pretty cool and you guys are obviously a, you know you're a great emc customer you're also a great emc yeah. partner uh for customers who you know maybe need that dr target and cool things like that um obviously somebody wants to take some workload that they they're using and they want to shift it over to, to rack space it's a very common thing um, it's, you know, especially down here in Texas, you and I are, you, you move to the state that you, you despise, but yet it's pretty great. Um, and you know, we're pretty, we're pretty close here. So Rackspace is a really yeah. common name where I live. I don't know what it's like with Brent, but Rackspace to me is almost as common as Dell, right? They're like, you know, people wake up in yeah. the morning and they go, they ride their cow to work and they pass Rackspace and Dell <laughs> on the way to work. Right. So. Yeah, Uh, I guess technically I'm a horrible cowboy because I think you ride your horse to work. You know, (laughs) you feed your cows. You know, as long
2: as you have the hat on, you're good to go. Yeah, you know,
0: Longhorn. I used to, I used to literally drive to school past Longhorn every day. They were Ross Perot's Longhorn, so he was just getting a tax break. But I still did drive to school past Longhorn (laughs) every day. So
1: you know, every time I see a Longhorn, I get really excited. See, we—I live in Texas. We both live in Texas, but I don't really live in Texas because I live in Austin, and that's not really Texas. Oh. yeah, that's you know the it. that's the hipster so, Texas. That's where it's different. We, it's, it's the hipster Texas.
0: It, it is. It's like you know, as Australia is to prison colonies, uh, Austin <laughs> is to our liberals. It's where we put all of our liberals yes. and our hipsters yes. and, our, and our hippies and all those things. We just shove them there. You guys go be happy down by the river, make good food, yeah. make good art, and you know, we'll we'll let you stay there. It's cool. You're a little landlocked, but you know it's all good.
1: I can see our listener base
2: just cringing right now. Yeah, delete, delete, delete.
0: (laughs) Are you kidding me? After all the opinions that Ashley has thrown up, I think we can at least just say that the the liberals in Texas live in Austin. I know. know. I
1: just can't wait for the angry tweet stream. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's it's also my favorite city, except for the fact that I hate the University of Texas. So, it is it is by far the greatest uh, city ever.
1: Yeah, see you Texans and your like university football. So loyal. So I don't so, understand yeah. it. I don't get it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, He's showing it, me <laughs> what, what is that exactly? It exact is it's a statue thing. that I got as
0: a gift when I worked at the Heritage Auctions. It's a statue of a of an Aggie like sergeant uh holding up a UT longhorn and choking it. Um, and so it's the only, it's like, it was the only thing I could reach, but I have, you know, a couple of Texas A&M things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Texas A&M pseudo alum. I at least went to school there. I didn't graduate. So because of that, I hate to, I I have to hate it's, it's indoctrinated into me. I have to hate, uh, TU. Yeah.
1: Uh. You, you, Texans and college football, I'll never get it. I'll never understand it, but, uh,
0: it's actually a fantastic school, so uh, it's probably it's probably going to be exactly where your kids go, or at least uh, I'm sure the the young hackathon will go. The there.
1: young hackathon, the the old one is going to college in uh, California,
0: I hear. So, another, is what she tells me. Another great schools. So speaking of, we're going to get back to this hackathon thing, um, getting kids into technology. Um, so you're you're very good at it. And I've, you know, my kids, I've gotten them into a couple of things and they, they tend to stay a little bit interested. What have you done to get your kids into technology where, you know, their, your 10 year old could take my job at this point. Um, your 10, I think you're 10 or 11 or whatever, and could take my job at this point. And, uh, but he's extremely talented and he's got all these great toys and he's doing these great things with them. How did you get to that point? What have you done to kind of drive that and reward it and things like that?
1: um, so I've learned. I have two very, very different kids. My daughter is more artsy and um, a creative thinker, and my son is not at all artsy. I think he's still drawing stick figures at this point, um, and he's a very logical thinker. So I tried to treat them both the same, and I learned some lessons there. I tried to get Kylie into software development, and that didn't work out, and Topher is just taken right to it. Um Uh, I can't take all of the credit, obviously. Uh, His dad um, is very, very good at helping with that sort of thing. So I want to say his first uh, real tech toy was uh, snap circuits. Um, He loves or loved snap circuits. He's way out, he's 10, he's far past snap circuits now. Um, But when I was learning to code, and I started out with kids' books, I said, well, you know what? He likes video games. Let's see if we can get him doing some video games. So I got him Scratch and I was learning Scratch with him. So it was uh, it was really self-serving for me because as I was learning, I was also teaching him and finding out that he is much smarter than I am and that I wish I'd started learning to code when I was a kid. Um, he does things like code.org. Um you can learn how to build iPhone games, write your own your first computer application, draw on JavaScript. Um, engineering he's standing here right now and he's talking or he's shaking his head at me how much he loves it um, so it, there's various websites out there and I'll make a, a list and send it over to you guys it's a pretty extensive list actually um, but Nova has a really great website for kids on PBS um, science buddies It's a really good one. Um, I also belong to, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, subscription boxes, but there's a subscription box called Tinker Crate. And Tinker Crate sends you a random engineering project each month. So we have uh, Arduinos, we have like trebuchets, um, he's a builder. And right now his big thing is, is space and black holes. And I don't know if you heard him in the background. I'm sure he would love to talk about it. Uh, we were in the office last night, and uh, <laughs> and as I walk in, uh, some of my coworkers are having a debate on, "Hey, when Earth expires, Mars would be a great place to live." And I look at Topher and I'm like, "Hey, is that true?" And he goes on to some big old rant about how when the sun turns to its red state and Earth can no longer be inhabited, that maybe Mars wouldn't be a good spot. And my coworkers are like, what in the hell? How old is he? Where did he come from? Um, Thanks. If we had time, I'm sure he'd love to talk about it. But uh, so he's I, extra smart.
0: I do have an idea, though. You gave me an idea. Between uh, Hoff and his uh, kid hackathon and uh, your wicked smart children, uh, maybe it'd be fun one time to get uh, go to one of those wicked hackathons and do an hour show where we talk to some kids about their thoughts around technology, STEM, stuff like that. And let's get him on here. So, and he can be our primary host, uh, you know, since he is by all means the poster child for nerdy awesomeness.
1: I would listen to that. Um, and I'm sure that he would love it. He lo- he's way into watching people uh, play video games on YouTube. That's his thing. Um, so, he's made a couple himself.
0: Is it the PewDiePie or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> That's gross. So, uh, and, and let's let's talk about the story um, where he hacked your office last night because we do want to get back to that. It's very important uh, as we kind of we kind of get towards the end here. You mentioned that he shut the power down. No, uh,
1: he didn't shut the power down. That that was the story earlier where he shut down the office and basically like Mars is not the oh. is not the best spot. Actually, just so you people know, um, he he be, idiots. Be, He's saying it'll be slingshotted away with big waves of hydrogen. No, no, it can't be we, away. I, I don't know what he's saying, but he's he's saying some things. Um, we'll
0: get it. We're tell him we're gonna give him a show. So we. Uh, that okay. So by by shutting down the office, you meant he dropped the he dropped, he dropped the, mic. the mic. He did. Yeah. Drop oh. the mic. he and did. He
1: dropped the mic. Yeah. I can tell
0: he's got all that personality. He can definitely do it. So uh, we love the Tinker crates and things like that. We did. The, you know, the only thing we really haven't covered with you is. Um, you know, it's a big, it's kind of a, I think it's a big thing in the community. A lot of people like to get inked up and, you know, we wanted to, you know, Brent, Brent's got himself some picture pages on his arms. Um, I've got myself some tattoos and, uh, you have been working on a a current piece of art here. Um, that is amazing. People can probably catch it on your Instagram or or somewhere. I'm sure. Um, so, so tell us about this experience, you know, is it, uh, what drove you to go, go do that? And, um, you know, where somebody literally you get like a million needles in your skin. Yep. Um, and then, you know, tell us about the art, the process. Did you draw it? All that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, before my, before I started my sleeve, I've always wanted a sleeve, but I've been nervous because I have uh, seven very awful tattoos before that. When I was 17, I said, dad, I'm going to go out and get a tattoo. He said, the hell you are. And he said, the hell I am. So I went out and I got, on my 18th birthday actually, I got seven tattoos in seven days. None of them mean anything. They're all from the wall. He said, Are you sure, tattoo that on me forever. And by the way, can you put it on my neck? Because I never want a job. Um, so I have some neck tattoos. I have uh, just awful tattoos. So I was nervous and I was like, well, I always wanted to sleep, but I have awful tattoos. Let's not add to that, really. So finally I moved to Austin, everyone here, is tattooed. Everyone here is tattooed. number of my coworkers are tattooed, so I was like, nah, okay, let me, let me check this out. So I went out and I interviewed a, a few tattoo artists in Austin, and I just wanted sort of my evolution to nerd. Um, my dad always wanted boys, and he got three girls, so I was the boy. I've been shooting since I was six. Um, I didn't get to have dolls. I didn't get to have dresses. I had Batman and GI Joes and Transformers and He-Man. I always kind of wanted She-Ra, but I, my dad was like, no, you are a boy You do boy (laughs) things. So, and my dad's also always been a gadget guy. So I always had like the latest game system in my house. Um, my favorite game was Zelda. So I have a a TV with Zelda on my arm, but the tattoo artist that I picked, I didn't want a tattoo artist that could just trace. I wanted somebody that could draw. So I gave my tattoo artist a list of things that made me a nerd and he came up with this concept. So it's basically my room as a kid. So I have, um, an actual Batman poster that I had when I was a kid that he found online. And that's on my shoulder. And then under that is my uh, NES. That's the first uh, game system I had. We had an Atari, but I was too young for that. Um, Have Zelda. And then on my elbow, I have a Rubik's Cube. And then a controller and a camera. Um, Next, I think there will be the old school Doctor Who telephone booth. The red one. Mm -hmm. Um, And something Star Wars. I haven't decided yet. And... um, comic books and I don't know if it'll be X Men or Wonder Woman or whatever. It's still in still in process.
2: So you're going you're going full sleeve on that left arm?
1: Almost full sleeve. Um little bit more than three quarters.
2: Okay.
0: I, I what highly about the other arm? By by superheroes. I think you by the way, just plug for the Hulk. Okay? Just saying. So oh,
1: I do like the Hulk. I uh, you know I, I feel like he's a forgotten superhero, right?
0: Yeah, I haven't forgotten him.
1: <laughs> no, you have him but I feel like he's forgotten. Uh I didn't didn't even consider Hulk.
0: So this uh, he was asking you are you going to go past this Are you got another sleeve of memories or was this a one arm thing or
1: I I thought I thought about it um there are a couple of things that I'd like tattooed that won't fit on this arm. Like I'd like to have a tattoo of a cat batar <laughs> somewhere. I haven't decided where. I don't know if I'll get another sleeve or, or not. I'll probably do something on my shoulder so it looks a little bit more even, but...
2: Yeah, so I'll tell you, um, having two full sleeves and two chest plates and legs, um, having you know, 70 plus hours on me, when I got my first sleeve... I felt so unbalanced. Like I, I had yeah. to get the other arm done. I absolutely had to do it. It, it bothered the living crap out of me. So uh, I have a feeling uh, <laughs> that we'll, we'll see. You, you know, a couple years down the road, and you will be blasted out. But uh, like our, a, our, so
0: were you like a car with a bad alignment, where you always pull to the right, or what? Like, <laughs> what does out of balance mean when you have a bunch of ink on one arm?
2: It's, it's. It, you just look at. I mean, you look at yourself and you see yeah. one arm completely awesome, and the other one's just like meh.
1: So yeah, you want no, to help
2: that situation?
1: I already see. I already feel that, which is why I said I'll probably do something on my shoulder. It starts
2: there and kind of dri- drips down and slowly covers the other one. That's what that's what I'm thinking is going to happen.
1: Yeah, at first I was like, no, nah, just one sleeve. It's I'm good with just one sleeve, and I'm like, well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, how- so are you the uh, are, are you the type of uh, 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 I guess tattooe that likes getting tattooed, or do you absolutely abhor it? Because I am. I don't like it at all. I like the no. It's the outcome,
1: miserable. It's, it's miserable. Um, yeah. My tattoo sessions are seven-ish hours a piece, and about four at, up to four hours. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. At about four hours, I'm like, are we fucking done yet? But I haven't not saying anything because I don't want to look like like I can't handle it. So I'm just like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Yeah, it's miserable.
0: It sucks. My, my wife got a tattoo on our honeymoon and it was her first tattoo and she, we were out in LA and we went to an artist that I knew out there and she was sitting in a chair and she was, it hurt so much to her. She was holding her breath. She almost passed out while getting the tattoo. It's, it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome in a, in a sad way. Like you definitely don't want her to pass out, but it's a great story now, right? She was holding her breath so hard. That they were like, you have to stop holding your breath and just just breathe. And he got to the point where he was like, Yep, almost done. And he did that for like 30 minutes to her just to get her to relax a little bit, you know, make her feel like she's about to about to be finished. He's like, Yep, almost done. I don't know if you could play that game in a seven hour situation.
1: You can, especially when you're you can see it. So I'm like, not even anywhere near done. You just yeah. know it.
2: So so Ashley, we've we've come to the, the end of our time here today, but first and foremost we wanted to wanted to thank you for being on the show today. I think you you really made a difference in in helping educate our listeners on on, on what a developer advocate is. And then also, you know, how they can start in the community, how they can uh, learn about coding the hard way uh, as opposed to some of the easy ways. But uh, again, thank you very much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: So what's the best way that we can get a hold of you? You've talked a lot about Twitter, not about Flipboard. Um nope. so <laughs> How how can we get a hold of you? Uh,
1: you can tweet me at Ashley McNamara or you can send me an email, ashley.mcnamara at rackspace.com.
2: Okay, very cool. And then also you've got a great blog out there. So I, I would I do. I want it's, you to plug It's
1: untouched. That. It's it's Ashley I haven't touched it in a while. I'm uh I wanna tr- transform it into a Jekyll blog. Um, but we'll see.
2: Okay. Well very good. Um, well, with that, guys, this is the Hot Isle, and uh, we thank everyone for joining us today. And, uh, again, let's get social with us online. We want to hear from you. We want your feedback. Let us know guests, topics, anything you guys want to hear and how you're liking it or not liking it. But uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, so my name is Brent Piotti.
0: And I remembered it this time. My name is Brian
2: Carpenter. <laughs> and then Ashley McNamara. So thank you very much, everyone.
0: See you soon. Peace, Peace out.